0: Ringer FC is your podcast home for all things soccer on The Ringer. Join us on Monday and Thursday for Stadio, hosted by Ryan Hunt and Musa Okwonga, as they cover the major European football leagues and a lot more. On Wednesday, Arsenal legend and former England international Ian Wright hosts Wrighty's House, discussing the latest in European football with a rotation of special guests. Check out Ringer FC on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira. See website for details.
0: Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast in the Ringer Podcast Network. Committed to the Super League. Jordan, we you and I are, you know, all these teams are pulling out as we speak. We got baseball barbecue is in. We'll go, we'll play. You know, Juventus on the
2: road. I'm down. Midweek. Midweek. A Tuesday in Milan. Sounds lovely. Yes. For no, 200 sorry. billion. Wait, wait, yes. This is b- b- baseball. Baseball barbecue. Baseball oh, barbecue. This is a baseball podcast. Hello, Jake Mintz. It is 420. Happy 420. That is Michael Waka's ERA. That is Jose Altuve's ex Woba. And it is also another reason why do people celebrate? I don't know. Who cares? Let's talk about baseball. We have a great I'm show. high
0: on the sport.
2: Man we have we have a great show for you. We are going to talk about the first place Kansas City Royals. That's going to come a little bit later on during good bad ugly. We're going to talk about the Padres and Dodgers obviously. We're going to talk about the Yankees being in last place. They're in last place. I don't know if you saw that, but they're in last place. Uh, and then I'm going to go crazy because the Mariners beat the Dodgers once. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, they may be down 100 to nothing in the second game of the series, but I don't care. We will obviously be talking about that too, but Jake yeah. Where must we begin? The Bronx. Got to begin Bronx. In, in the
0: bleaches, George Schusterman. The New York Yank Republicans are 5 and 10. They are dead last in the American League East. They are dead last in the American League. And it's fucking great. Um, You know, I wrote a piece on Fox Sports about this. And it's all I've really been thinking about, like, the last 48 hours. Walking around Manhattan, Jordan. And people wearing Yankees hats. And as people tend to do, many of them, probably most of them, couldn't tell you shit about Rugnet Dor But everyone I look at, I know that they're hurting a little bit, maybe a little bit more this week than usual. And it does bring a little bit of joy to my heart. It is the definition of schadenfreude, Jordan. The Yankees are bad, if just for a moment. And I am a small person, and it makes me feel good.
2: Double the L's than their wins they have two times ton- think about that the Yankees have not had a losing season since 1992 I believe this is the worst start in almost since then and uh look sounds like I, a math equation to me w <laughs> equal two l and here's the thing I think our, our good friend two uh, w uh, equal l sorry our good friend Michael Claire made this point on Twitter uh today plenty of good teams go five and ten during a season but when you look at the standings, you don't usually see it, say, 5 and 10, right? But as we sit here now, and they are in last place in the American League, this is why we are bathing in it. But okay, what we want to focus on is not why they've been bad particularly, or whether, look, we think they're going to be fine. We don't have to, look, it's still early. Oh, it's, it's April 20th, let's relax. But it's fine. we would chill. like to we would like to go back to our season preview, yeah. our, our questions for the season. And our question, I believe, that would dictate, you know, biggest questions going into the season, it was, How many plate appearances will Jay Bruce get? Because that will tell us a lot about how the Yankees season is going. Now, we're talking about this now because we got the news that Jay Bruce is retiring. He's done. He's up and out. Mm -hmm. And let's spend 30 seconds quickly. Jay Bruce, amazing career, all-time clubhouse guy. And while I, as, as as a Mariners fan, I watched him for a little bit and he had his moments in Seattle, obviously beloved in Cincinnati, not necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing player to watch, style player to watch, Awesome career. Not, I know he was a top five prospect in baseball. Not a disappointment. Awesome dude. Everyone loves Jay Bruce. Happy retirement to Jay Bruce. So I want to get that out of the way because that's very He's
0: important. The man was baseball's dad for the last five years. And now, Jordan, he gets yeah. to go be
2: he gets to go the be, father of children. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Jay Bruce, again, I, I have to mention this because it makes me happy every time I think about it. This is a guy who grew up obsessed with Ken Griffey Jr., he called the Kingdome as a kid, asking to talk to Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know what the phone number for the Kingdom is. That I don't really know how that works. 1-800-KINGDOME. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Uh, that's what he did. And then he made his debut batting in front of Ken Griffey Jr. in Cincinnati. Like, it's storybook stuff. Awesome dude. Happy for him. Wish him the best. Okay, but, Okay. that's too heartfelt. Back, to back, to back, to back
0: to the Yankees. Back to the Yankees sucking. Back to the Yankees Okay. okay. So, so we but, said... We yes. said that the number of Jay Bruce played appearances would be a litmus test for how bad the Yankees would be. Because the Yankees whole season, at least in theory, hinged on the health of Stanton Judge Foy And if the more that those three players were hurt, the more Jay Bruce would play. And the more that Jay Bruce played, the worse the Yankees would be, because we kind of knew that Jay Bruce wasn't really that good
2: anymore. Yes. Jay Bruce is gone. Um how, do we need a new litmus test. Well, Jay Bruce, and again, Jay Bruce got 39 played appearances through the first. Uh, How many game. games did he play? He played 10 games. That's a, a lot. He played 10 games, which is again, now, and now, yes, I know this is because Voight has not played. Voight has not played, but 39 played appearances is it's more than Brett Gardner even, <laughs> which is I know this is because he's playing first without field, but it's like that's also weird Gardner we assume is still better than Jay Bruce. So, okay, so now we don't want to give up on this as our litmus test, but who does it transfer over to? We think it has to be Rugnet Odor, who they shockingly traded for, I believe, like right after we recorded last week or yeah. maybe a little bit before then. Um, now he's sort of there, sort of playing some seconds, sort of playing some first. I don't really know what the plan is with him. It's not like he's been very good in his first 26 plate appearances with the Yankees. But this is a big issue. I mean, we assume that the stars will start to hit like they should, like LeMayhew, who's been fine. Judge has been fine he doesn't look good lately sanchez has been awesome <laughs> relatively okay so we know he's been okay but still the, the thing that makes the, the reason why we had the yankees in the motherfucker tier for the preview was because you had guys like boyt batting fifth or sixth right and not desperately giving at bats to jay bruce and Ruben Odor. so we are concerned about the offense and uh i don't know man i i don't know i don't know it's too early to really panic, but there are definitely some big question marks. When the second tier hitters and the
0: Yankees are just like popping in and filling in like in 2019 when Kendris Morales played in 30 or sorry, played in had 75 plate appearances with the Yankees. It was fun. It was like, oh, that's great. Like this is so, you know, Troy Tulowitzki. Remember that? That was crazy. All of that is fine. When Judge Stanton you know, Voight, Sanchez, LeMahieu, like when all those big names are going at full speed, right? And then it's like these cute little pop-up veterans that hang out for like 10 games. When the motherfuckers aren't motherfuckers, that's not fun for Yankees fans anymore. And it's just like, really? This is the plan? Ring at no door? Now, again, I do want to finish on the, like, they're going to be fine. It's fine. It's 15 games. It's okay. Like the good players who have been good before, are gonna be good again, almost certainly. That's fine. Is are there concerns with the New York Yankees? Yes, their infield defense is their biggest problem. Glaber's not good. He's not gonna get better. You can survive with bad infield defense, but it has to work with the way that your pitchers operate. And if you got a bunch of ground ball pitchers and in bad infield defense, you end up like Zach Britton on the Orioles when he was a starter. With Mark Reynolds muffing every ball at
1: their well, base, and like
2: also that's the other thing. Like, I mean, Glaber has his issues, but you're also playing Jay Bruce at first. Right. That's also probably not going to go well. And it's not like Void is some sort of Gold Glove defender, so even if he comes back, that's not going to be fixed. So that is a concern. We know urshela he's awesome. But um yeah, man, I just I, it's weird, and and I don't I, I don't want to overreact too much because it is 15 games, and it's not like it's not like I mean the Red Sox. Let's we'll talk about the Red Sox, but you know they're not in too deep of a hole, but um. There are uh, these are real red flags. And by the way, the other thing is, I know Hicks has been out. They've been healthy. <laughs> all yeah. the guys have played. Like it's not like you know Stanton has played almost every game, and Judge has played. Almost, you know he had the brief scare, but it's like they're all there. So you got to start performing. Uh, what would you do? You,
0: like, like how would, would I fix you? This? You're Brian Cashman, Jordan Cashman. <laughs> what are you doing? I think like the options are
2: make a trade wait it yeah. out, can right. someone. You could trade, right, you could trade for Trevor Story, right? That's an option. You yeah. could do something cheaper than that. Like, okay, this is, now we're getting really uninteresting, but like you could have traded for Adam Frazier. I'd honestly rather have Adam I mean, Frazier I was than talking talking to door.
0: someone. <laughs> I was talking to someone, I was like, they should trade for Gerard Dyson. <laughs> like, you just gotta shake up the vibes. Like, you just need like <laughs> right. a different dude. Thing. You need like a respected veteran who's well-liked, who's fun, to just yeah, like hang right. out and make everyone feel better. You need to know. go trade for the funniest player in baseball and just put them in your clubhouse and have them tell fucking jokes like before the game, just so everyone's in a better mood. Because right now it's vibes, man. Like yeah, you can it break is. it all down, but the vibes are fucking awful. Yeah, they're terrible. And that's,
2: that's the other problem is is there's only so many moves to really make because these guys you're 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 going into the season expecting all these you know your superstar, highly paid Judge Stanton you know, for even, you know, Torres, LeMahieu, like those guys are going to play, like you're not going to replace those yeah. guys. So it's like, you have to hope they just start playing better. You have to hope that, you know, Garrett Cole's been really good. It's not even Garrett Cole's fault. You have to hope that Kluber and Tyon really ease into the season. Yeah. So, but again, in conclusion, if I'm the Yankees, if I'm the yeah. Yankees,
0: I'm going to our colleague, CeCe Zabathia, and I'm saying, here's $10 million to sit in the clubhouse <laughs> and like, just, just be, be you and make sure everyone's in a good mood, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you don't have to throw a pitch. You don't have to put on sweatpants. You can wear whatever you want. <laughs> Your job, CZ, is to just be you. around.
2: Be around around be other around. people. Be around, yeah. That's what I would do. 10 mil seems like a good, <laughs> seems like the right move. Ooh, mood. but that's gonna put them into the luxury tax, and they clearly do not seem very uh, very confident Any, about going Anyway, it's
0: been a great week for us Yankee haters. Um, I have to say, I tweeted uh, a bunch of stuff about how much fun it is, and I was expecting to get kind of shit on, on Twitter, and it didn't really happen. Yankees fans kind of understand that the Yankee hate comes from a place of jealousy, which it totally does, um, and that they like being the villains and they know that. And so, like, this is great. This is fine. It's like, it's kind of this beautiful understanding from Yankee world that, like, yeah, like now's our time to kind of eat
2: shit a little bit. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap on this and then we'll move on to Padres Dodgers. Um, Yankees, as we record, last place in the American League still have, according to Fangraphs, the highest likelihood of making the playoffs in the American League at 72.7%. So, But Fangraphs also okay. said that the Orioles have no chance
0: and I can't trust that. All right, Jordan, <laughs> from the American League to the National League, from the worst team in the American League to the best team in the National League.
2: Maybe the two Pads,
3: best
0: teams. let's talk about the pods
3: hey, and the Hey, Metscon.
0: Oh, wait, time to talk about the Mets?
4: Oh, oh Bo- the Mets have only gotten away, oh, go hey. away Bobby, go away. Bobby, go Bobby, away. No Bobby, one The Mets are no. No about to, said to get be,
0: snowed out again.
4: Come so. on, guys.
3: I stayed quiet for that whole Yankees thing. You're not going to let me call the Mets the best team in the NL? Come on. <laughs> hey, Gabagool, get out of here. Hey, they're definitely All the right.
0: best team in New York, so congratulations on that. Okay. What about the Blue Jays? No. They're not there yet. talk... Let's talk about the, the pods and the Dodds, uh, a thing that no one has ever called the Dodgers. No one has ever called them the Dodds until now, but we had a great pods-Dodds series last weekend. We have another pods-Dodds showdown coming up this weekend, a four-game set, and we know that this is going to be a narrative over the course of the season. It's going to kind of pop its head back up, and we, what we want to do is have a running top five rankings of the main characters of this rivalry as the season progresses. These rankings will fluctuate. They will move. They will ebb and flow at the times. But Jordan, let's begin. Top five characters in this, in this rivalry. Who is at our number five spot?
2: Someone that there is no way anyone <laughs> was thinking about when we were hyping up this series in this offseason. And that is, of course, Central Michigan Zone. Zach McKinstry. Zach McKinstry. A lot of people learned who Zach McKinstry is, uh, this weekend. He is the Dodgers new utility superstar. Yes, they let Kike Hernandez go to Boston and Kike's doing great. But why did they do that? You said Kike's such a perfect fit. Why would they let him go? How, how could you possibly have another player that can play basically every single position on the field? Like, he invali- how could invalid, how could you just pass Oh, wait, you have another one? Oh, wait, you probably have multiple of them, but Zach McKinstry is ready to do it right away. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's great.
0: And and he was a great example of a lot of people are not like reading like Juan Toribio's work at MLB.com on the Dodgers every day. Like if you're not a Dodgers fan, you know about Mookie and you know about Bellinger and you even know about Muncy. You know about most of the players who you literally just watched in the World Series. Zach McKinstry- not really involved a whole lot last year. And then here he is with like eight clutch hits. And it's like, oh, uh, Dodgers made another guy. So Zach McKinstry was very much around. He just smells like the type of, he's going to be a Padres killer. Jordan is Mm -hmm. what he's going to be. At number four, Manny Machado. Manny Machado has a the rare... Space in this rivalry of having once played for the Dodgers. I don't know if people remember that, but it did happen. Barely. (laughs) Barely. And you see him talking on base with the Dodgers and you're like, how do they know each? Oh, right. He was on the
4: team.
2: Right. (laughs) And it also feels like uh, the Machado, the Machado tenure in L.A. was, was very hot and cold, right? I mean, I don't. We don't need to revisit all the stupid hustle d- discourse that we had in the in the postseason there. But it didn't really seem like they had any intention of keeping him around. It was very much a: We're the Dodgers. We have a million prospects. Let's just go get. We'll just basically just like take this car out for a spin for a few months because we can. Uh, it was never like we're committing to him the way that they felt about Mookie. Um, and that's just their decision. And that's fine. And it's worked out for the Dodgers, obviously. And it's worked out for Manny Machado and everything's fine. But that is also a layer to this that I do have to imagine does kind of, th- I don't know how badly Machado wanted to stay in LA, but, you know, clearly they were like, no, like this is a two month thing and then we'll be done. Uh, so I imagine he he has that. I, I love that that adds the spice to it. He had some big moments in this series, including yeah. him limping around the bases um, in Friday night's game. In uh, by the way, if you're wondering like, oh, talk about all the insane shit that happened. We don't have time. like. It was so much. It was so much it, just Friday alone. Not to mention, f- I also yeah. fell asleep. Also, Jake fell asleep. That's okay. He was coaching right. the next day. Fell so asleep. Give him, give him an excuse. Um, the point Machado, is Machado, Machado has, Jordan. Yeah,
0: Machado. He may not have a chip on his shoulder, but he certainly has a weed thin on his shoulder at <laughs> uh, least Hashtag in yet. his relationship from the Dodgers. All right, at number three, Clayton Kershaw. Not sure if you have heard of this guy. Uh, you know, not only was he dominant in the second game of the series last weekend, but he was. He was spicy. Clayton Kershaw, oh, yeah. a man who is not usually spicy, uh, just kind of a baseball-pitching, quiet kind of introverted weirdo at times whenever he's on the mound. like He he looks like he's living in another universe, like he's wearing a VR headset, like you snap your fingers in front of his face and he doesn't move and no one, he doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. The other day, Jerks and Profar took a swipe uh, at the catcher's mitt and got a catcher's interference call, and Kershaw thought it was some bullshit. And called him out on it. Now, I will say, Jordan, I think I've told the story before. When I was in high school, we had an Israeli kid on our team. He would never, ever played baseball before. He was really athletic. Played center field. And I taught him to swing at the catcher's mitt. Taught him to basically think, because I knew the umps sucked in I taught him to swing (laughs) at the catcher's mitt. And he had like five catcher's (gasps) interferences in like a 12-game season.
3: Um, (laughs) Where does this slot in on like the Astros banging the trash cans level of
0: subverting well, the it's game. it's not cheating. It's more, I would call it more dirty than cheating.
2: Yeah. like It's I, not a
0: great, but dude, I was at a high school. It was like, oh, you're, this kid's never swung a bat before, but we only have 14 kids on the team and he has to play.
3: It's not just cheating aim to, aim to exploit a rule. It's a swing at the catcher. I mean, the poor catcher is getting
2: wrecked with the bat all the but time. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's look, just a worse look from the standpoint like, of like, that's dangerous and Bobby, not cool. We, we all have skeletons in our closet, demons in our past, all
0: right? <laughs> Just don't, maybe we'll get Matan Malul shouts out on the on the pod and talk about it. Anyway, Jerry Profar went, he hit the glove. Kershaw thought it was some bullshit. Kershaw yelled at him. Like, we really don't ever see that from Kershaw, especially to the other team. And like, that's great. Like, maybe now that he has a ring, he's down to get like spicy all the time, but he's definitely one of the big players in that series. Jordan, yeah, Here, you have one more thing?
2: Oh, here's why I love this. Clay Kershaw has been pitching against the Padres his whole career and probably has never had a reason to give them a second thought because they've sucked and it's basically been like a free seven scoreless innings for the first 10 years of his career right like i mean i'm looking at he he has literally made that was his 41st start against the Padres in regular season he's he'll be he'll be at you know he's going to get to 300 career innings against the Padres his ERA is under 2 against the Padres in his career Okay. So many,
0: so many opening day games in Petco, right, like, In the
2: afternoon, he, seven scoreless, ten k like right for him in his career. It's, it's the Giants, right? It's like the Giants starts. Those are the ones that he's been getting right. up for, and he's excited. Of course, that's still a big rivalry. We don't want to discount that. But I love that now. This far in his career, we think about what's next for Kershaw. He got his ring. There's nothing left to prove. He has a Cy Young. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Like, what is that next level that's going to push him? And it's going to be the fucking Padres because now it's a it's a crazy lineup, and him beating them is going to be really fun. Are,
0: are you implying? that Clayton Kershaw's midlife crisis is caring about the Padres. I <laughs> absolutely Ker- love that. Not a,
2: not a crisis. I'm just, again,
0: we're, we're talking about what that his next pivot, thing, what has he not
2: done? What has he right. not accomplished yet? He has right. not had to think about the Padres in a serious matter before now.
0: All right, at number Clayton, two. Wait,
2: really quickly. Right, yeah. Clayton Kershaw coming with
3: uh, you just cut me off in traffic and now we're like sitting next to each other at the red light and I'm just going to point at you and keep saying the same thing over and over again. Energy is like real late career stuff from him. I, I'm loving it. I like this hat yeah. that he's trying on. He he Uh, where's it well at number two
0: Mookie Betts uh before we recorded we were trying to build this list and I said like does Mookie belong in this list? like what did he I don't really remember him doing anything during the series to which Bobby and Jordan were like you're dumb because he saved the game on Saturday
2: (laughs) yes on Saturday uh just an unbelievable um again you have to see the angle where from from behind you know where you get the full angle from the time that contact is made because the jump is ridiculous it's also a great reminder that like the dodgers is like oh bellinger's out okay hold mookie will play center like mookie right yes gold gloves and right it's like oh he's also an amazing center fielder he just doesn't usually play there because they have so many other guys that they can do it um so that was crazy and again it's also one of those things where it's like he is the the thing that looms over the Dodgers Padres, where it's like the Dodgers were already so good. They were already probably better. It's like, oh, well, then they added Mookie Betts. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> also have a top two player in baseball. So what do you do about that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you overcome and it. It is an overwhelming feeling. It's just like, damn it. What the fuck else do we need to do?
0: <laughs> At number one, Jordan, let's put on our bias hats. It's Tatis. Now, Fernando Tatis Jr. has had maybe the most entertaining 49 OPS plus um, 39 plate appearance so so far this year. He has not been good. He has been bad. He has also been hurt. He got subluxated. He came back. We know all of this. His defense has been kind of abysmal. Uh, and There's certainly reasons to be worried about that. But he's the main character still in this story, in my opinion. He came out, like, probably maybe too soon from the injury and was like, I'm playing tonight against the Dodgers. I believe that if they were playing the Reds or the Rockies, he probably would not have come back that quickly. Um, But he was like, I'm going to be there for the Dodgers, and he homered right away, and it was incredible. It was an incredible moment, but he's also the main character in this because he didn't do a whole lot the rest of the series. Right? And like that is also notable because he's the face of this whole thing. The whole interaction between these two teams, the Padres are relevant because of him. They're good because of more than him, right? But people are tuning in for these games because he exists. People who maybe aren't tuning in anyway. And so until he's like, if he has like a series where he goes like three for 12 with three singles, then maybe he can move down this leaderboard a little bit. But if he goes whatever it was, like one for whatever the fuck and with one homer, like that's still interesting. It's still relevant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Those are our five. We will continue. We're going to do this every week, but uh, maybe again next week, depending on how this weekend goes. All right, Jordan, before we uh, move on to
0: the second half of the show here, I have a very uncomfortable question for you.
2: Okay. All right. This is awkward. Everything's so awkward on Zoom. I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah. What is it?
0: If we were in person, it would be just as uncomfortable. (laughs) Jordan Schusterman, I ask you today on Tuesday, April 20th, Mm -hmm. are the Boston Red Sox good? Are the Boston Red Sox a good baseball team? Last year, they were very much not. But this year, they're in first place, Jordan. They're in first place. And it's also funny because a- after the first weekend, they got swept at home by the Orioles. And it was like, you know, burn it all down. But they're 11-6. and six. They're already five games up on the Yankees, which is mm-hmm. hilarious.
2: Are they good? I think they are. I think they are. I mean, when we did the preview, I believe we put them in 90-70, uh, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that was because when you look at the lineup, it's it's a top, you know, 5 or 7 lineup in baseball, especially with as I mentioned last week J.D. Martinez has clearly got his shit together. He's got a 1,200 OPS with, you know, 20 RBIs. Devers is just amazing. And I am a full believer in Alex Cora, the Rafael Devers whisperer. If there's anyone that is benefiting from Alex Cora this year, it is absolutely Rafael Devers. You know, they have that connection. Bogarts has really picked it up in the last week. Um, And I mean, but more importantly, it's been that the pitching has not been a complete catastrophe, mostly because Nadia Valdi has been one of the best starters in baseball this season. Uh, he's been spectacular and I know his health is always a question mark, but they are setting themselves. There's still some big questions in the back of the rotation with Garrett Richards. He's not, he's not been good. Uh, but the bullpen has been a lot better. with got, with some new additions like Andrees, who I'm sure Bloom was like, trust me on Matt andres I got this guys. Like the, <laughs> this guy will be helpful. Uh, Sarah Moore has been really good. That's been a fun addition. Um, Garrett Whitlock has been probably the best Rule 5 pick, not named Akil Badu. He's been spectacular. For me, though, this is just exciting because I would like to see them stick in it for Chris Sale to come back. That, that's the part that we and we, we kind of talked about that on the preview. But if they can even tread water, let alone be in first place for that, that makes that return all, all the more exciting.
0: If there's one thing I've learned about the Red Sox over the course of my time uh, on Earth is that when you think they're good, they're bad. And when you think they're bad, they're good. And uh, we thought I thought they were going to be bad, and they might be good. However, some of the return to equilibrium that the Yankees pitchers I think will have, I think the Reds, some of the Red Sox arms might have the other way. I don't think Nate Yavaldi is this good. Certainly, um, I will say though, Alex Verdugo. Okay, I we are still another couple weeks away from the hot. Did the Red Sox actually win the Mookie Betts trade? <laughs> takes. Um, you can listen we are, we are years away from we're that we're years that away from not. that
2: <laughs> just yeah.
0: just saying I was listening to uh, the uh, a podcast over at Fangraphs and they were talking about how like the Ken Griffey Jr. trade to the Reds and how like Mike Cameron was worth more war over the like the next mm. four years than Griffey mm. was in, in Cincy and it got me thinking that like you doesn't matter like it doesn't matter like you still lost like the Mariners still lost the trade right like when we look back on on, on baseball history it's not like Woo, Like he was more. War, like it's more about like yeah. it. You can't. Alex Verdugo has to be a Hall of Famer, right? Like Alex yeah, Verdugo has to be. He has to be. Famer, he has he, to be he's yeah. really good. Like he's really good, and he yeah. is doing credit to him because he is doing everything he needed to do in a very difficult like shoes to fill. Yeah. Um. That being said, I think the Red Sox are good. I don't think they're this good. I think they'll be in the hunt for the wild card.
2: But I will say though, they've convinced me that they're absolutely yeah, right there with Tampa and Toronto. Um, yeah. So that, 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 that we needed some convincing. They've already convinced me. that.
0: And the Red Sox are a very vibe based team. Like when they're going bad, it's it permeates in a way that it doesn't always. And I think that's because the fan base amplifies a lot of that. Right. It's very loud. There's no
3: way that they can ever win the trade. Like, no matter if Alex yeah, Verdugo no becomes way. Barry Bonds, it doesn't matter because they didn't expect him to do that. That would be just be dumb luck. That would be like if the T Wolves, with their third point guard selection in the first round, had taken Steph Curry like they should have. Like they already took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio before them. You didn't know that this was gonna happen.
0: I, they can't I don't think win. That, that matters. I, I, yeah. I actually like if he becomes Barry Bonds. No one's gonna be like, this wasn't the intent. Like sometimes you just luck into shit, but you
2: still win. It's not a yeah. good process. But hey. If Connor Wong's Johnny Bench, we'll have a conversation. All right. Mm. We'll talk, we'll talk then. Actually, your mean, your mean Mercedes is Johnny Bench. All right, right. Jordan. That's
0: true. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back with the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness.
4: All right, Mr.
0: Schuster, man, it is time for the good, the bad, and the ugla, everyone's favorite segment dedicated to everyone's favorite second baseman. We talk about the good in the week that was, the bad in the week that was, and the ugla in the week that was, the weird, the bizarre, the off, the beaten track. Jordan Schusterman, I'm going to begin with the good. The Royals, the Kansas City Royals. I, I I don't know if they are good, but they have certainly been good. They are nine and six. They sit atop than American League Central. Now, admittedly, I woke up y- the, y- this morning and I saw that and I didn't know why. Wow. Why? Because I, I like many of you, have not watched a whole lot of the Royals. Look, there are 30 teams and the Royals tend to play at 8 p.m. Their games start at 8 p.m. where I'm either already watching one of the, er- the early slates, right? I tend to kind of let the Central teams that are not the White Sox kind of fall through in my baseball watching schedule. So I haven't been consuming a whole lot of Royals baseball. So to help explain why the hell the Royals are good, we're bringing in a little bit of help. All right, Jordan, contrary to popular belief, uh, there is East Coast bias and West Coast bias, but there's also no coast bias. And to bring in someone to tell us about why the hell the Royals might kind of be good, let's welcome in uh, Chip the royals fan live from columbia missouri hello chip hello jake mince how are you doing i'm good can you confirm that you're a royals fan
5: i absolutely can confirm that i'm a royals fan this has been 24 years of uh, some really down times but also some powerful memories that are going to they're going to last me for a while and listen things are starting to tick back up and i'm i'm pretty hyped
2: And I think the reason why we want to have you on here is because, as you mentioned, it wasn't that long ago that the Royals were peaking and had a World Series title, but we thought they would be down a lot longer than it appears that they are. So now as they sit here on 420 in first place in the American League Central, how good are the Royals really as a smart, but also very passionate Royals fan that you are? Tell us how good they really are. I feel like I have to back
5: up a little bit to really tell you why we are in this position. Look at 18 months ago, Royals hire Mike Matheny to manage our team. And I think aside from Donovan Tours passing, it may have been the lowest I felt as a Royals fan in like a decade. Like, and the first person I thought of when we hired Matheny was Danny Duffy, who is one of the best humans in the world an openly flawed, but like beautifully vulnerable person about his mental health and his demons. A California kid finds himself pitching in the Midwest, has some really rough times at the start of the decade, but eventually falls in love with our organization and our fans. And I was so scared that Matheny's clubhouse would destroy Duffy. We'd heard the warnings from, you know, from across I-70. I thought he would shrivel up in this clubhouse. But last night, boys, Danny Duffy collected his 1,000th career strikeout, all with the Royals. And I feel So good about where Duffy is mentally and physically about Matheny as a leader, both strategically and also with people and where the team is at. Like, look, this team came under new ownership last year. One of the first things we did was pay all of our minor leaguers. When COVID hit, no questions asked immediately. Like guys, we know there's no such thing as a good billionaire, but that's like pretty fucking cool to hang my hat on and support as a fan and a huge example for the league. We signed multiple pieces this past offseason, extended fan favorites. We gave Salvi Perez the money he deserved, honestly, years ago. We gave the fans our favorite players in Royals jerseys for years to come. And you know what we did? We said, fuck all your tanking shit. Fuck your payroll skimming. We're going to you know, revamp our lineup with play discipline from Carlos Santana, a little youthful reclamation project, and Andrew Benatendi, Michael A. Taylor quietly getting his barrels and hard hit balls. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be he's slumping a little bit right now, but you saw what he did with the Rangers series. Sorry, Kyle Gibson. Uh, two hit wit, top of the lineup, down mm, near top of the eight, leaderboard still. I heard the rumors. People said he was regressing. Listen, that boy is, is special. Sal Perez, that bat is going stupid right now. You want to talk about the guys that are throwing to him, though? Florida Gator legend, Brady Singer, Eagle Eye, painting that strike zone. Mike Miner somehow still has enough spin rate on that fastball at his age. Have you guys seen Jake Junis' new cutter? Josh Ooh. Stoma with the filth in the bullpen. Scott Barlow getting the Ks. Wade Scott Davis. Scott Barlow getting I a got, shout out. I, I, gotta say, I gotta say,
0: my dude, you're talking past the sale at this point. <laughs> like, you you, 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 <laughs> you have stopped me, before. You had yeah. me roped in. Uh, and then you, you're you like, Jake Junis' cutter. And it's like, all right, like, we gotta play the Oscars music, yank this man <laughs> off stage.
2: The, the wrap Listen, it up let box. me wrap up with this. Yes,
5: yes. I'll wrap it up with this, right? This team is special because we're winning the division without Adalberto Mondesi, without mm. Solar Power, and without mm-hmm. the guys that are going to come. Daniel Lynch, Jackson Cole, or another Florida Gator legend. Those guys are going to be here in September, and we are going to be squarely in the mix. And the 2023 World Series MVP, Bobby Witt Jr. is coming. And I hope the American League is ready. I hope MLB is ready, because at Kauffman Stadium, we ready.
2: Mm -hmm. uh chip what a performance you delivered more than we could ever hope for thank you for your time thank you for your fandom if you are have been thinking oh why are the royals in first place and then now now you know now you know (laughs) thank you chip i'm happy Uh, to spread my
5: truth thanks for thanks for letting me
2: (laughs) we'll probably have you back on again soon Thank you to Chip for joining us and telling us all about why the Royals are good. And I, for my good this week, I'm actually going to expand on the Danny Duffy point that he made. Because when Danny Duffy got his 1,000th strikeout, it really got me to be like, holy shit, this dude has been there for so long. And I realized this is th- the fact that him and Salvi have been there together he actually debuted before Salvador Perez, which is kind Mm. of hard to believe, just a few months before. Salvi Perez notching his 1,000th hit as a royal last week, right before Duffy gets his 1,000th strikeout, is beautiful. And Duffy's bury me a royal tweet after the 2017 season remains one of my favorite things ever. I've talked about it before, but I want to bring it up now just because it is a beautiful thing that he has now, you know, Chip talked about, you know, how he'd fit in in the clubhouse and with Matheny and with his new group but the fact that he came up when they were bad won the world series experience was a big part of that team went back down and is now coming back up and by the way danny duffy also looks fantastic he's got the lowest era in baseball Mm -hmm. among starters is such a rare thing to have someone just go through all of that and still not be too old to stick through it. they stuck with him he stuck with them and if the royals are indeed good this year or are good soon I love that he's just been through the highs and lows. And honestly, I know people, Cardinals fans, this is crazy, but obviously Wainwright Molina is the gold standard of this battery, but it'd be hard to find more than Dan. I know Danny Duffy hasn't necessarily been like a, you know, Cy Young level guy, but there are very, very, very few batteries with the connection uh, as <laughs> as Perez and Duffy. And I think that's really cool. So congrats to Danny Duffy on a thousand. And uh, I hope that he continues to be good this year. Good one. That's a good, good, good Jordan. Let's get to your bad. What's bad? Going
0: On, bad. Oh, fuck. On Saturday's game uh, in DC, the Arizona Diamondbacks play the Washington Nationals. And uh, something very bad happened in that game, Jordan Schusterman, which is that Tim LeCastro oh. was caught stealing. Tim LeCastro, oh. up to that point in his career, had been perfect. Stealing bases. He had been 29 for 29, the all time record for most steals to start a career without being caught. He broke that record, I believe, the week before and was and kept the base, which is just incredible. LaCastro is one of the more interesting players in baseball, division three guy. So he's an R hearts. Shout out Ithaca Bombers. Uh, he's like the fastest man in baseball by Statcast sprint speed. But on Saturday, he was thrown out by Jan Gomes of all people. Uh, on like a, It was like a half-accidental pitch out. It, the throw wasn't even that good. It was a phenomenal tag from Sterling Castro, though, to be fair. But to make bad things badder, uh, he dislocated his pinky on the slide. On the slide. Oh, I didn't on realize slide. Slide. it was the slide. It was slide. on the slide. Oh, so he, no. His record, the streak is over. 29 <sighs> for 29 is over. And he's out uh, on, the, on the IL, I believe, with the dislocated pinky. Um, I will say... I do think that he can beat 29 for 29. Like, he can do yeah. another oh, streak. Like, so, he's not
2: done. So those records, there are, I, I, I assume Henderson has the records. I encourage everyone to read Zach Buchanan's piece in The Athletic. He talked to Tim Raines, who coached Tim LeCastro in the Blue Jays system, about this because Tim Raines had the record initially for most uh, consecutive to start a career without being caught. So, uh, yeah, he could totally do it again. And um, it was a fluky thing, but. Man, when it rains, it pours. That is definitely bad. All right, my bad this week. I was like, all right, well, so the Cubs are batting 192. All right, so that's bad. That's like the worst ever, but that's not what it is. And then I was like, okay, Javi Baez is really, really struggling. I look at Javi Baez and I think, okay, Javi Baez has a 45% strikeout rate and a 1.7% walk rate. I was like, holy shit. That's is that one walk? That is, I think that is that one walk. That might be one walk. Uh, that is one walk, yes.
3: <laughs> DH for Javi Baez. Like,
2: oh, Bobby, Bobby, okay. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Okay. So then I was like, wow, I cannot even fathom any hitter running a 45% K rate and a 1% walk rate. And then I was like, hmm, let me check in on how the pitchers are doing. And I see that in 2021, pitchers are batting 107, 137, 123. With a 3% walk rate <laughs> higher than hobby bias and a 47.2% K rate. But Bobby, before you start yelling at me, we're not talking about the DH, this is not point. The only reason, the reason why I'm saying it is bad, and the reason why I am disappointed, I'm not talking about the DH, I'm not talking about why we should have the DH, whatever. It is that we have still, through these first few weeks, have not had a pitcher dinger. And that is fucking disappointing. I was really hoping, but I, am I surprised? No, because they didn't hit for a year and they all suck. So I'm not surprised. Suck. But we talked about the pitcher hitting last hurrah and we have not had a pitcher hitting, oh, Tawny. Okay, no, stop. Tawny's over Shout there. Shut up. Okay? We have not had a pitcher hit a, hit a home run yet and that is heartbreaking. Oh, what about and Jared Walsh? Get, it's going to be get, I hope we get it soon. I hope we get it soon. That is my bad.
3: It's going to be DeGrom in a game that he loses 2-1. Oh. Diaz blows the save <laughs> in the ninth inning. <laughs> Solo shot. DeGrom, DeGrom's one loss.
2: DeGrom is... DeGrom right. has wow. as
3: many hits as Conforto. Well, not anymore now that now that Conforto had a three-hit day, but. <laughs> on his start on Saturday, they had the same amount of hits.
2: <laughs> Incredible. Jake, to the Ugla, what you got?
0: All right. This is I tweeted about this. Uh last night on Monday night, I was watching Phillies Giants. And Gene Segura no. laces <laughs> the ball in, I believe it was in the left field, bang bang, play at second base, and he like slides and avoids the tag for a double. And he pops up, and he immediately points to the dugout and, like, asks for the ball. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's probably, it's like, you know, a thousandth hit or some shit. And I go to his Bref page, and I'm like, no. Like, what could this be? And then the broadcast goes, it's Gene Sakura's 200th double. And... They put it on the video board Whoa. in Philly. It and they crazy? Play like they play like the you know the field of dreams music or some variation thereof, <laughs> and they give him a curtain call. He's like on second base and he's tipping Ugh. his cap to the crowd, and the broadcasters are like playing it straight, like this is totally normal. But they the reception was like an a thousandth hit or like a three hundredth home run. 500 home runs, like 3,000 hits. Like it's way bigger, obviously. Totally. But like, he they like stopped the game and they gave him a standing. Oh, no, part of it was because the play was bang, bang, and they had to review Did it. it be, oh my god, so but that during makes it worse. The, during the review, they were like, well, we might as well celebrate Get getting ready for like two minutes. So <laughs> that's how they killed the
2: time during the, but during the review. It, it's so funny because, to your point, when you compare it to the, the thousand, even a thousand hits where someone might know, so how many people in the stadium? We I actually know, but so we have a friend who was at the game, so I'm gonna reach out to him. How many people knew that when they w- showed up to the ballpark, damn, Segura sitting on 199 doubles? Who <laughs> literally the
0: broadcasters, <laughs> the person who does the info sheet. In the press yeah.
2: box? And like, not even, like, fucking How many Matt teammates? Gelb knew about right. this. There's no way. <laughs> How many teammates knew? That's the real question. No one. I mean, it's possible Gene's been talking about it. The best is that Gene
0: knew, right? Like, no, you've well, watched cough, the clock. It obviously. Gene hit second base, and it, it was like a pop-up slide into right. the wagging the hand for the ball. Like, it was yeah. like one fluid motion. <laughs> like, and I think that there's a chance he he like he was he should have been out like he avoided the tag there's a chance that he went for two because he knew it was on 199 mm, like I would mm-hmm. not put that past him like I wouldn't, Gene Segura I wouldn't, is very much like that kind of guy damn Gene um, Gene the
2: hitting machine listen it, I love
0: congrats I, hey hey yeah. Bobby can we get some dramatic music please <laughs>
4: Two hundred doubles 200 dolls for Gene Segura.
5: Uh,
0: it, send it to Cooperstown. Great example of a baseball that he gets to keep and not give to the Hall of Fame because they don't want it.
2: They're like, uh, yeah, thanks, John Shostakovsky, uh, you, you Were you at Citizens Bank Park? <laughs> you can, you can keep that. Uh, hey quickly, Jake, first
3: time, long time. Yeah. I just want to say that's two hundred more doubles than you, sir. So why don't you get that smart out your mouth?
2: Hey, hey, uh. Corey Dickerson, as we record, sitting on 199 doubles, does he ask for the ball when he hits 200? He does not know. He does not know. I agree. Uh, My ugly this week is a layup. It is what happened on Friday night. It is what happened in the 12th inning. It is when David Price hit a sacrifice fly to left fielder Joe Musgrove with Jake Cronenworth pitching. It speaks for itself. The fact that the game ended up in this situation after the back and forth nature that it was is a great indicator of how absurd the entire experience, how the entire evening was. And it just made me think about a million things that I could go in so many different directions that we're not going to have time for. But it was just one of those beautiful, beautiful things that you see in a box score. Or if you, Jake, who fell asleep, woke up and was reading the game log and saw what? <laughs> like, I guess that would be my question to you is, and my brother had this experience too, because he he was asleep when he woke up. He said, yeah, the first tweet I saw was, <laughs> was David Price out on sacrifice fly to left fielder Joe Musgrove. Scores. <laughs> so, uh yeah, it was great. Uh, Musgrove coming in and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to play left. It's fine. I just threw a no hitter. I have to pitch it a few days. No big deal." And no, it's whatever. I'll the way the that
0: lights. I consumed this was, yeah. I was like, wait, like I fell asleep and was like waking up. I like woke up like a couple times, and each time I was like, "All right, the game is good." Like I gotta check my phone, and like one time I turned over and checked my phone, and I saw that, and I was like, "Am I? Where am a- I?
2: Am I asleep? I'm going back to bed." Right. <laughs> Yeah, it was also the nature of that happening in the 12th instead of like the 16th, um, just because right. they, they teams had used so many pitchers was really ridiculous. So it's an easy one, but it was probably one of the ugliest play by, pl- plays in a box score you're going to have all year.
0: All right, Jordan, before we say goodbye, we do need to talk about the first place Seattle Mariners. Mm, I guess Last we night do. on Monday night was as fulfilling and invigorating a Mariners victory as I can imagine that you've had in some time. They were up. Four to three going in to, it was like in the sixth. There was a moment in the sixth. Inning, they're they yeah. they're up four to three. They've given up a run in the inning already. Runners on first and second, two outs. And Will Vest, mm-hmm. sure, comes in the game. And I text you, now's a great time to go to bed. Yes, and we've talked yes. about this a lot, that when your team is bad, you have to pick some times where if you go to sleep, as far as you know, you went to bed thinking they won. Yeah, you know, and They're that's random. mental health. You need like yep. you got to look out for your self care. But yep. Jordan, you stayed.
2: You're a bigger man. I say a resolute look. The the arm. If this was against some other random team, where I know staying up and watching them blow it against the average or bad team was going to be extra crushing. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to see my favorite team beat the best team in baseball, uh, and so I didn't. And I stuck with it. The Mariners bullpen has thrown 22 consecutive scoreless innings. What the fuck is going doubt on? It, doubt Probably it. Probably will not be true by the time you are listening to this because they are playing on Tuesday afternoon. But yes, it was a 90. It was honestly a 99th percentile Mariners victory in terms of just joy received. Mm. Joy produced out of it the only one being Ty france getting hit by dustin made 98 mile an hour fastball and him having Ouch. to be injured that sucked uh kyle lewis is back today that is a delight the fact this team has been as fun and successful to this point without him is amazing uh, i have no idea how good they really are i think i know for sure that they don't suck and that is very encouraging and uh yeah man i'm just enjoying it and uh i hope that uh i hope that it lasts longer than 13 and 2 did in 2019 that's for
0: sure m's i was gonna say m's vibes right now best they've been since that moment Uh,
2: the the yeah, but even in thirteen two, so it was it was a it was a bizarre, such a mirage. (laughs) It was such a mirage. It was like, haha, this is funny. They're gonna suck soon, Uh, and none of the players on that team were part of this next good team. So uh, most the mariner, the the mariner that
0: I am the most excited about is Kendall Graveman. Mm, Kendall Graveman is good. He is. (laughs) actually very very good yeah. he's throwing like a 98 mile an hour turbo sinker yep. his slider i think his slider is
2: kind of terrible like yeah, but it's it really not a good pitch but it doesn't matter because the sinker is so good in the eighth against turner uh sorry to get super niche on you unbelievable but listen, in showdown. the eighth against turner basically i think they had two mound visits from Luis Torrens, And you could see it was like, can we keep throwing Justin Turner fastballs? Like, is that a good idea? And Graven was like, Yeah, I'm gonna keep fucking throwing him fastballs because that's my shit. And that's this pitch right now is so good. And he swung and missed. It wasn't even like he got a ground out. He got a swing and miss out of Justin Turner on a Incredible pitch. That incredible pitch. So I, I was think. following,
0: this is embarrassing. I was on game day. I was following that on game day. Hey, no day. shame.
2: No shame. No shame. And it was, like, saying, we it was like game wow, day he was out there. What a spot.
0: What us? I was like, I don't know how it moved, but that's a great place to throw that.
2: <laughs> yes, it was very special. Uh, anyway, so Kendall Graben's great. Uh, Montero is a roller coaster, but whatever. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. Welcome back, Kyle Lewis. Go, M's, go. And uh, obviously, the bias ball will continue. Thank you for listening to this episode Woo. of Baseball Barbecue. Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing. Thank you to Chip, the Royals fan, for joining us. Thank you to the Yankees for starting the season five and 10 and giving <clears> us. Some real uh, delightful content. Uh, I will say uh, yeah.
0: the 5 and 10 Yankees rolling in. Uh, they are hosting the Atlanta Braves tonight. The Atlanta Braves have 28 players on the IL, uh, and their starting outfield includes Guillermo Heredia and Ahiri Adrianta, which means Yankees lost guaranteed. Everyone have a good week.
2: <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Adios.